Hey Pilates Stratosphere, I want to take a, just a short few minutes today to talk to you about something that I've been thinking about, uh, which is the, the phenomena of spinning your wheels, working all of the hours, being super busy, but not actually getting anywhere. Uh, and the concept that I want to talk to you about here is something called Parkinson's Law. And this was uh, created in a book that I have in front of me, an actual paper book. Mm, smells like a secondhand paper book. Uh, from the 1950s, I think, by uh, C. Northcote Parkinson, published here in 1958, copyright 1957. And Parkinson's Law is very simple. It says that work expands to fill the time allocated for it. And uh, Parkinson did his original research in uh, the Royal Navy bureaucracy in Britain in between the World Wars. Uh, and what he noticed was that at the end of the First World War, uh, but after the end of the First World War through the 1920s, there were actually fewer ships in commission in the Navy. So the Navy, the, the number of ships in the Navy reduced. There were fewer ships and there were fewer officers and men and fewer sailors in the Navy. But uh, the dockyard officials and clerks increased and the admiralty in officials increased. So there were more bureaucrats to administer a smaller Navy. Uh, and uh, he subsequently did, uh, you know, researched into other sort of administrative organisations and uh, found the same phenomena that the essentially the 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 number of people or the amount of work done in the in the in the or by the people within the organisation had no essentially no relationship with the actual amount of output of the organization so you know like in this example the amount of administration done by these administrators had no relationship to the number of actual ships and sailors in the navy that they were ostensibly administering so uh, how does that apply to us in the pilates world well uh we do things that are not necessary. We do things that are shoulds. We do things that are nice to haves. We do things because we think it's the right thing to do, like not ethically I'm talking, but it's like we think like, oh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I, it's kind of, I guess shoulds really covers that as well. But, you know, because, it, because we do things out of habit, you know, that we once had a useful purpose, but no longer are relevant. Uh, and we hold on to, you know, we say yes to things that we shouldn't say yes to. We hold on to clients that uh, we would rather not <laughs> and who don't serve us and we, we're not necessarily serving them. Uh, and we end up being super busy and not yet not getting traction with our business or with our Pilates career, with our, you know, building our skills, building our client base, because we're busy doing the wrong things. Now, when I say the wrong things, what I mean is the things that aren't the most important things that are going to make, make the biggest difference. So an exercise that uh, I learned from Warren Buffett, he didn't teach it to me personally, <laughs> but I, I read it in a book, 
uh, is to make a list of your the 25 highest priorities in your life and spend some time and actually rank them in order from most important to least important. And then circle the top five, tear the sheet of paper off below, below number five and above number six and throw out the rest. So to re- and the lesson there is really just focus on a very, very few things. And so what I, you know, another thing, another way that I uh, think about this in my own life, because I'm certainly prone to this as well, it's very easy for me to get distracted and focus on things or spend time on, not focus, spend time on things that are, that are essentially just distractions from the real work of, you know, of building my business and, and improving the quality of the education that we deliver. Uh, and so there are a couple of questions I got from Tim Ferriss, actually. And the first question, I love it, is what are you actually trying to achieve? And the second question is, what is the one thing that, if done well, would make everything else on your to-do list either easier or irrelevant? I love that question. I think it's such a powerful question. What's the one thing that, if done well, would make everything else on your list either easier or irrelevant? So I try and remind myself of that daily. Um, and another thing that I've found very useful is to just really uh, you know, think about, to, to step outside of the day-to-day uh, at least once a week. Uh and reflect on okay, what is what are my goal? What is my goal for the end of the year? What is my goal for the end of the year for my business or for my skills, for my education, etc.? And what is the single biggest, most important thing that I can do right now to move myself towards that goal, to move my business towards that goal? So that I find really helps me put get perspective on what's important. Uh, and to avoid, you know, to, to say no to everything else. And so we get to the title of this episode, which I've called the not to do list. And this is a concept I got from Tim Ferriss as well. And so, uh, you know, the concept is very simple. It's, it's what it says. Okay. So we often have a to do list, but I think, um, I love this idea of the not to do list. And so what, what I, what I put on my not to do list. Uh, all the things that I'm tempted to do because I quote should do them or because uh, I feel obliged to do them or uh, because I just do them out of habit or because they're kind of tempting and kind of shiny objects uh, that are distract that distract me from the real mission. Uh, and so this, you know, this is going to be different for each of us. So I can't tell you what to put on your not to do list, but for me. It's things, I mean, they're the obvious things like just, you know, wasting hours on social media or, you know, whatever. But uh, even things that are like ostensibly, you know, work or productive, um, I think for, for, for a lot of us can be the biggest time sinks, the biggest time saps. Uh, when you're working hard on something that is not the most important thing, the, the, the highest leverage use of your time. So there are, all right. So there are a few ways you can decide what goes on your not to do list. Okay. So you can ask those questions, a couple of those questions that I already mentioned, like, okay, what am I trying to achieve here? What's the ultimate outcome that I want? And then what is the one thing that if I, if done well, would make everything else easier or irrelevant? 
then everything else goes on your not-to-do list, right? So one thing goes on your to-do list each day, uh, and uh, and then everything else goes on your not-to-do list each day. Uh, there's another another um, you know method that I you know, use sometimes to another little um, kind of mind frame that I use to uh, think through what goes on my not-to-do list is the value per hour of each activity. So I, you know, I sort of, I think about, you know, what have I done today? What are all the things I've done today? So if I think about my actual day today, where I recorded a live podcast, I uh, recorded half a dozen videos for this launchpad program that we're building out at the moment. Uh, I wrote and recorded a webinar, uh, to, um, Explain the Launchpad program. I edited a video captions for um, uh, another video of made explaining uh, our certification program. I had a meeting with uh, someone on our training team to talk about one of the assessments that we're doing in the diploma and how to improve that. Uh, and I uh, went for a drive and got my bass guitar amp fixed. Now, of all of that, if I think about, you know, the, 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 the dollar per hour value of each of those activities. We can rank, I can rate the dollar per hour value of each activity based on either of two criteria. One is like, what is the actual revenue that that activity generates? So for example, the, uh, you know, the webinar that I wrote and recorded, well, if done well, uh, that will generate you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for us because it's going to be an evergreen webinar that will sit within our sort of marketing sequence and people will, you know, watch it um, at their own time. Uh, and if they like what they see, they will enroll in our launchpad program uh, at, you know, several thousand US dollars per enrollment, right? So getting that webinar right is an extremely high value activity, Right. So the, the three hours that I spent on that today might be $50,000 per hour activity. Right? Whereas editing the captions, uh, on the, the certification video, which I just spent an hour on <laughs> is an activity that whilst it will generate, you know, possibly some additional revenue for the business because people will be able to read the captions and, you know, understand the video a bit better. I could actually pay someone $10 an hour to do that for me and they would do just as good a job or possibly a better job because they'd be fully focused on it. So that is literally a $10 an hour activity because I could have paid someone $10 an hour to do it. And yet I did it. So that was a waste of my time and that should go on my not to do list. So that is going on my not-to-do list. So, dear listener, that is how I organize my time. Uh, and I'm certainly not perfect, as you can see. I spent an hour on a $10 an hour activity today, but I did spend the bulk of my day on much more high leverage activities. And I really like that, sort of ranking each activity that you do in terms of dollars per hour, either that it generates for you or what it would cost you to pay someone else to do that act, you know, to do that task. Um, and then anything that is, you know, you focus on the highest leverage tasks, the highest dollar per hour tasks and pay someone to do the cheapest dollar per hour tasks. So I really like that one. Uh, and, you know, I think 
Overall, I also like the exercise of just stepping back once a week. And the way I step back is I close off all my communication devices, no Slack, no message, no email, no phone, etc. Uh, and I go and sit on the sofa where I don't usually work and I stare out the window and I have a cup of coffee and I, uh, you know, read some kind of inspiring book or you know, listen to some kind of audio book or whatever that is going to inspire me, not with instructions, but just kind of a, a positive mindset. Uh, and then I think I let my mind free associate, uh, about the business. And I, and I ask myself questions about like, where, where do I want to, you know, what's, what do I want to achieve this year? You know, in five years, where do I, you know, what's important to me? Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, you know, and, and then once I'm, I'm clear on that, uh, I ask, well, what's the single biggest constraint that is stopping me from achieving that right now? And that helps me focus on what's truly important uh, for me, you know, today, this week and this month. So that is it, dear listener. Uh, I hope you found that helpful, the not to do list. Uh, if you are busy all of the hours, but you are not making progress, uh, this could be a really helpful concept, a really useful thing for you to implement. I'd love to know what, if you go through any of these exercises, what ends up on your not to do list. Uh, so if you do this exercise, please reach out to me. You can uh, ping me as a DM on Instagram. My uh, details are below in the show notes. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and, and much more productive <laughs> rest of your day and rest of your week. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification 
menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.